Al Paramito here. Paramedia Group just want to get in contact with you today on podcast number one. This is going to be our health and fitness podcast series of episodes. So I want you to listen up and listen closely because today we're going to tackle probably the one, one of the best topics in order for you to get healthy and well this year in 2019. So we call it the brain train. So after 20 years of working out, being in the gym, being with other people, training them, and vice versa, you start learning a lot about the human body and the human condition. And one thing you have to understand is that the brain itself is an extremely powerful muscle. And I call it a muscle, not an organ, because it really controls a lot of the things we do over the course of our, our lifetime. And one of the areas of the brain that I want you really to think about today is called the amygdala. And if you have read Principles by Ray Dalio, the book, I suggest you buy that book. And it doesn't make a difference if you're in business or if you or you don't like business books or you don't like economic books. It has nothing to do with that. That book is like a neuroscience book about how to make decisions, how to be disciplined in your life in order to get to where you want to go. So that's the same premise in training your brain to be successful in the gym, in getting healthy, eating well, in relationships, and everything you want to do going forward. The problem is we currently ignore what the amygdala is doing to ourselves. So if you haven't understand what the amygdala part of the brain is, it's the fight and flight part of our brain. It's the part of our brain that tells us that we're in a bad situation and we should run away from it, right? So when you work out, the amygdala basically says, this is painful, don't do it, do something else. Most of us subconsciously believe, you know, we're making a conscious decision to that happen. Ultimately, the amygdala is basically, you know, influencing your decision not to work out or not to eat well or not do something you really don't want to do because you believe you register it as painful so one of the key aspects in anything of being successful is consistency and consistency on very small actions not huge actions so for example do you brush your teeth twice a year no, you don't brush your teeth twice a year. Probably if you do, you probably don't have any teeth in your mouth. If you wake up every morning, you spend two minutes brushing your teeth, and it's subconsciously you don't, you know, think about it. Because you were trained as a very young person to brush your teeth. Your parents were there. Did you brush your teeth? Yes, I did. Or you did not go in there and brush your teeth. You may have not liked it as a child because... The taste was bad. The bristles were stiff on your gums. It didn't feel well. But ultimately, because it was ingraining you to do that habit, when you got older, it was something you just did. It wasn't something you thought about. And your brain was then more elastic in training itself to think on that level. It's the same thing when you're an adult. But as an adult or as somebody growing up, we tend to think that we have a lot more control over things than we do. And when you do not listen to your body and you don't really hear it, and we'll talk about that in other podcasts, you sort of go off the reservation and you believe that your decisions are the right decisions uh, when it's really not. But the problem is most people 
don't equate exercise with pleasure, right? And if you ever ask somebody on the street, do you work out and is it pleasurable? Most people who just started working out will equate that to being not pleasurable. If you ask somebody who has 20 years, 10 years of working out consistently for four days a week, every week for an hour in the gym or hour yoga class or hour spin class, they'll tell you, that's a pleasurable experience for me. Two different personalities, two different mindsets. So you really have to find out how can you get yourself to that person who thinks that working out is a pleasurable experience rather than a painful experience where your amygdala is going to say to yourself, don't do it, go do something else. So, you know, we think of of leisure on vacation. Well, leisure and vacation go together, right? So you're always going to say, I'm going on vacation, I'm going to relax, and I'm going to eat, drink, everything I want, and that's my pleasure. That's what I enjoy. And your body will let you do that because it's easy. It's something that doesn't put stress on the body or on your brain to think about something. So it does, you know, register well with your body chemistry. But if you ever see endurance athletes, uh, you know, do this, they'll always talk about this euphoria, this um, dopamine that is released in their brain, which becomes sort of this euphoria for them and a little bit of addicting. That is the pleasure part of breaking out that nucleus in your brain once you get to that point where you're really hardcore into working out or you're really into getting yourself healthy. There is that euphoria. So how do you get there? You know, the question is, right now your man New Year's resolution probably to get healthy, to lose some weight. Maybe you just go being pregnant and you have some baby fat there. Maybe you are in a desk job for a long time and you really haven't been able to, to exercise. You know, maybe you've been putting this off for many years and buying a plant fitness, you know, gym membership because psychologically, they're telling you it's all right to be the way you are. So one thing we do here is when we train your brain to get into the gym, and this is really the first step. So when somebody asks me what kind of exercises do I do and what kind of you know, regimen shall I have at home, I do, I do actually an exercise which... I, my uh, singing coach used to do for me, which was, I was a young man. I'll tell you a little backstory here because I think it's interesting to, uh, to see how you can actually relax yourself before you make a decision. So I was a young boy. I, I wanted to be an opera singer or I liked opera. I wanted to sing opera. So I went to a very, uh, went to a mentor from a very prestigious college. And I begged him to, to actually train me because at those colleges, there are master classes and they all take on any students unless you're really into working at the craft. And I really wanted to just do it as a hobby kind of thing. Well, I first went into a studio and it's a very, you know, an older studio. I have piano, bookshelf, the kind of you know woodwork you would see anywhere in a movie. I walk in. I'm really right. I'm anxious. I'm really ready to get in there and, and bell out some tunes or where it may be. And for really the first 
half hour or hour or my entire uh, session, he actually sat me down face to face and just talked to me. Talked to me about even things that didn't make any sense to singing. But he wanted to train my brain into focusing on where we're at currently. And he wanted me to forget everything else around me right now and relax me to know where we're at and to be more consistent going forward from there. So when we actually do this training program, you know, and we train somebody to be healthy in the future, we train their brain first. Then we get them into the gym. Then we get them to a program. Then we get these little steps of actions that take, you know, maybe two, three, four, four weeks to complete. But because they're not extreme big jumps for you, that these actions stay with you a longer period of time. It goes off of actually one of the sayings that uh, if you ever follow Ruth Ginsburg, who is the Supreme Court Justice of the United States, and she said, I never really would rule on something, on a case that is a big change in society. She says, I like cases that act upon very little changes, but are multiple different changes that layer onto one another that she would support in a ruling. And be one of the reasons why she says that is because the human being, human personality, would accept smaller changes as it goes along rather than taking huge leap forwards and then having a mass amount of people, you know, take a mass amount of step back. So social behavior is really important to understand in your brain how to accomplish something in life because small little steps allows us to accept it quicker than not. Think about Facebook, for example. When Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg came out, he was making changes to privacy, to all these little aspects of the platform that people were maybe getting upset with in the very beginning, but over a period of time, they accepted those little changes and he was extremely smart in doing that. He knew that if you do little changes, people will accept those little changes as you go along. And he got ultimately what he wanted in the, in the long run. Same thing with your brain and your body. You really have to figure out what are the key points that are going to make you consistent in the gym and really train your brain. So you have to really look at it from the pleasure center. So I want you to really understand, you know, if you have, and we'll do some exercises, we'll have this posted on our, our site as well for you, having a worksheet, if whoever, anybody wants to actually you know, conduct it. But you really have to make a, a sort of a T-shaped on your paper and try to put that on the sides that, how you feel when you wake up in the morning and we come back from work. Now, if you're happy in the morning and you're a morning person, great, put that down. If you're a moody person, that has, is really a bad, bad mood, which was my ex-wife. You know, she had, until she had her coffee, you couldn't talk to her, right? It may be you. Are you somebody who, who worries about things all the time and you have high anxiety? Or maybe this time of the year in December or January and February, you are getting more depressed because the sun goes down sooner. 
You know, these are all chemical aspects of your brain that I want you to identify with. Okay, and I want you, then we're going to work backwards to help you with that. So, in the first estimate, I want you to keep writing down on a piece of paper. I want you to put down exercise or exercise equals work equals pleasure. So, I want you to keep writing those down just like that. Work equals pleasure all the way down the page. So, and what I want you to do is this. To be consistent, you really have to be in a framework of a proper environment. Now, if you have a partner in your household who is not, who's the opposite of you, and we all, I think, gravitate towards somebody who is the opposite of us because that's somebody, you know, sort of balances us out, right? Which is great. Ultimately, though, if you have a, somebody who you're in a relationship who does not work out, who maybe eats poorly, or if you have children and you're buying them snacks and those snacks have a lot of sugar in it and they're good for a you know, young person who has a high metabolism, but they're poor for somebody like yourself who maybe is past that you know, 30, 40 years old mark. So environment's really important. So you have to put yourself in a new environment. So if you have that environment, you're not going to, I mean, you could try to change your partner to go to the gym with you, but that's not really what you want to do because you you really, that for the long run is a great uh, motivation. And I'll tell you what really would happen if you don't approach your spouse to work out with you. I say this to a lot of people. I say, if you really want to change and be consistent, you have to really find your tribe at a gym you really like. Now, CrossFit has sort of that subculture to it where people get together and it's sort of that community. So if you like that, CrossFit's probably a great, you know, atmosphere to be in. Cycling. If you ever go to a cycle class, a lot of girls are in there, guys are in there, and they're all part of that culture. You know, Panatone is, um, or Peloton, a bike company, has tapped into that, right? And so they create this ecosystem around people who love to work out and do spin class. That might be you. So my goal might, you know, if you're a weightlifter, for example, like I am, someone who likes, you know, lifting heavy weight, you might like going to the gym and finding somebody that you might want to learn from or you can teach, right? I'll give you an example. A gentleman of mine, a friend of mine uh, two years ago came from Kansas City. And he was, you know, overweight. He's always been overweight individual, shorter gentleman, you know, great, great guy. Um, didn't know anybody in the area. I introduced myself to him. We started working out. A year and a half later, lost a ton of weight. All his, uh, all his signs, his blood, blood workout came out perfect. But he made the consistency of going every day because he knew I was there and I knew he was there. So when I woke up in the morning and it was cold out and rainy, and I didn't want to get out of the bed, I knew that he was on his way there. Even if he wasn't on his way there, I knew subconsciously he was probably going to be there. So therefore, I had to get my ass out of bed and show up, right? When you're with a spouse, very difficult to tell them to get out of bed next to you and let's go to the gym. You know, somebody will have an opinion of not doing it. But ultimately what happens is that if you... You know, start working out. Your spouse is going to actually 
look at you and say, wow, he looks really great, or wow, she looks really great. How can I improve myself? And then that person will start working out or do something good for themselves, which would be, you know, reflective. So good things are very, are very, um, you know, contagious. And that's why I say that you find your tribe, find the community you want to be with, because those people will help you be better. In life and in business, same kind of concept. I mean, if you're around people that are overweight and drinking beer and doing drugs, then you're going to be that kind of person. If you're going to be in the person that is, you know, they're successful and they have a lot of things going for them, you'll be in that category. So train your brain first to be consistent and to hit certain goal marks that you want. So, you know, consistency, your first step is find your tribe. Second, really, is to really set realistic goals for yourself. What I mean by that is that if you wake, if you start working out today, or if you have been working out today, and you wake up the next morning, and you go and look in the mirror, you will see absolutely nothing. No change, nothing that's going to be special to you, right? If you go to bed, if you work out that next day, and you go to the gym, and you come home, and you go to sleep the next morning, you wake up and you look in the mirror and you'll see nothing as well. And you'll do that for every day for at least a month. And you probably won't see nothing in the mirror of change. But because you don't see something doesn't mean something's not happening. So we are so short-lived on always wanting to get reassurance immediately of our actions of anything that we do in life, we want immediate gratification. We want somebody who says, you know, we do a good job. We want somebody to say, great job. Yeah, it's nice to hear, but really, who gives a shit? Honestly, you know, nobody cares. You care because you have, may have an insecurity about who you are, about what you want to be, and you're not there yet. So kick out the insecurity. Understand that what's happening in in the mirror, when you work out, is all underneath the skin, inside the body. It means your metabolism is getting in check. It means your your blood sugar is going down. Maybe you're, you know, you're losing water weight, or your you know, your blood is actually you know more oxygenated. These things you can't see. Now you may be able to to feel your mood change, have less anxiety, better mental health. Those things are not physical changes. They are internal changes. Those things you have to be, and this is where it goes back to being self-aware, being extremely, extremely conscious of your body and what your body is telling you, not what somebody on YouTube who's been working out for 25 years and looks like they lost all their weight and they're 2% body fat, what they tell you. You have to be, you're an individual. Your DNA is different than everybody's DNA out there. I mean, think about it. We have, everybody in the world has a specific DNA. We're all you very unique. So when you start rushing to the keto diet or the paleo diet or the Weight Watcher diet, you know, without having a firm set of goals and realistic goals to, to achieve, you're basically falling into place a marketing funnel. And I think what you have to do is you really have to be conscious of that because when you start understanding how the business of dieting is run, 
it's run by influencers. You'll see Oprah Winfrey out there. You'll see, you know, some celebrity, you know, you know, uh, Osborne, Osborne, not the Osborne's, the, um, Osborne's, you know, um, you'll see all these celebrities telling you, I lost great weight from this Weight Watcher program or Slim Fast or some kind of creative bullshit out there. But the reality is that those are machines to, you know, entice you to do something that may not be great for your body. I mean, if you eat well, they're basically saying eat well. You don't have to spend all that money for somebody to tell you to eat well. And nowadays, now if you're not a cook, if you don't like to cook, you there's a lot of services out there you can accomplish, hit those goals. So I'll go through that with you in other podcasts. But again, we want to train yourself to realize those three aspects of being consistent and understanding how your brain's working and why you're doing this, you know, flight or fight kind of, you know, aspect of your brain. So when you start working out, I guarantee you the first two, three weeks are going to be the hardest weeks of your life. Your body's going to ache. You know, you're not going to see any results. You know, you're going to have self-doubt of why you're there doing what you're doing. You have all these things in your life that people, you know, are going to probably even entice you not to do it. You're going to say, well, why are you doing it? It's not, I mean, you haven't lost any weight. I mean, look, look at me. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I mean, I have friends of mine who have all the money in the world, extremely successful. They got a big house, beautiful cars, healthy children, beautiful wife, you know, everything you can ask for, but you look at them and they're overweight and they have high anxiety and they have high blood pressure and they're moody and they're all this bullshit that you look at them and say, do I want to be like that because I chased those dead presidents my whole life because the, the pillars of happiness is really health wealth and social aspects of your life if you do the first three happiness comes along so first thing you have to do in the new year is be healthy that's primary of anything you're going to do and granted people you like i say you might have to get rid of a lot of your friends my best friend was the person i just met i mentioned to him you know, I took him to a gym one time because he wanted to not lose weight. He wanted to prospect for business because he knew one of the guys I was there is in the same business he's in. I wanted him to lose weight. He wanted to prospect for business. Ultimately, he got he got neither of it because guys who work out and are there and are business guys or gals don't want to be bothered with bullshit at the gym. So if you're the kind of conversationalist that likes to take up somebody's time so you can spill your bullshit about your football team or your work or your kids or what's going on in your life, go see a fucking psychiatrist because nobody cares. And if they care, they're not the people you should be talking to. So find the right tribe that's going to say, shut the hell up, let's work out, and afterwards we'll converse about all the stuff we want to talk about. So set it up properly. So, you know, today is going to be really just about the brain train. So you really have to think about this consistency methodology. And you have to really understand something about your body. You should make a chart for at least two weeks 
and jot down everything you eat, everything you do, next to that action, I want you to put down whether it made you happy, sad, anxiety, you know, or any kind of, or if it was pain points, any kind of emotional or behavioral aspects of your life and make a list of that going forward. Do it for two weeks, okay? Look at actually everything that happens. Like, for example, I know if I eat a big bowl of pasta at night, the next morning, I'm exhausted. So when I go to the gym, I'm already tired. So I wrote down pasta makes me tired at night if I eat it at 6 o'clock. That's why I know. My body's telling me don't eat pasta because pasta turns to sugar. Sugar turns to alcohol. Alcohol then gets you tired for the next day. That's how my body works. You might be different. And then you have to change that diet plan. You might be somebody who loves sugar. My wife loves sugar. Worst thing in the world for you is sugar. Outside of cocaine, it's probably the worst thing for your health. But doesn't mean you have to eliminate it all from your diet. No. Natural sugar is great. You can have your candies probably once a week. Pick a day. But these are planned actions. You might say, if I eat sugar candy at, you know, 6 o'clock at night, the next morning I feel like crap. I'm in, I'm in a bad mood. So change your, change your eating habits or change your actions in related to what the actual body is telling you. So there's a lot of aspects of going forward with this. You know, these are just a few hints of how we actually train our brain to get this consistency methodology together. And you, you know, may or may not be ready for it. You know, we all have our own timing in life. We might have to go through a very dramatic event in our life, like our father or somebody in our life having cancer or our children being sick or our best friend, you know, getting a divorce or you're going through a divorce. Could be something dramatic. But those extreme circumstances sometimes push you into a new chapter of your life. And that's what we really have to determine. Is like, do you really want to wait for something extreme to happen so you can be pushed into that area of interest? I mean, think about it. When you get divorced, and when I got divorced, you know, ultimately what happens is that people rush into relationships to see to be rewarded that they are still, you know, valid out in the dating world, that people still will love them. You know, instead of saying, I'm not doing that, I'm focusing on me, I love me for who I am, I'm going to fix any of the aspects that I want to fix because I, now this is my time. It's so counterproductive for when you think about your goals in life, that you always think that somebody else will have the, the actual answer for you. And one thing I found out throughout my entire life of trying to do that same thing is that it doesn't work. You know, social validation of your of who you are and what you are is bullshit. Society will always label you as something that is trending out there. Yeah, they might if you're you know an African American, they might label you as 
you know, somebody that is, you know, a drug deal or somebody, a, a police officer might be shooting you for some reason. You know, these are the social aspects of, of society. If you believe yourself to be, you know, an entrepreneur, then you do that. Everybody will tell you you can't do that because of, you know, who you are. You know, because they may be feeling that they haven't broke through that, you know, your amygdala and they're still in that fight and flight kind of mentality that they still go through. So recapping basically what we're doing here in this podcast, I'm actually going on about a half hour now. So I want to just make sure these don't go on too long with my rants. I want you guys some very focal point here is that really, if you want to get healthy in 2019, you really want to get exercise, health, wellness, great moods, great moods, great relationships, great business, all the stuff that's going to consistently be part of your life going forward. Health is one of those pillars that you must tackle. And it's probably the hardest pillar to tackle because it doesn't give you any kind of monetary reward. It doesn't pat you on the back every morning. It doesn't give you any kind of emotional support. It's an internal thing, uh, you know, internal aspect of your life that you have to know that is specifically for you and that you don't want accolades for it. It's great if you get it, you don't need it. So... You know, let's talk about this in more depth, but again, consistency, train your brain, you know, find your tribe, set realistically small goals, accomplish those small goals, and write things down of everything that you eat and what how it makes you feel, or what actions you've done and how it makes you feel. And then we're gonna tackle that private list next with you and show you how to change those things. So and you have to really consciously think about what your body is how it reacts and always equate working out with pleasure or exercise with pleasure try to start thinking more in that lines if you think that working out is pleasurable even if you might be lying to yourself initially to get yourself in the gym your body your chemical aspect your body will change and it will tell your brain that working out is pleasurable. So start thinking on that lines that, you know, and say out loud to yourself, it's hard to get up in the morning or after the, after, you know, go into the, uh, after working, uh, working at your job. You know, there are gyms out there that are 24 hour fitnesses, seven days a week. They're smaller gyms, they're more independent, they don't have spin classes, but there are places you can work out. I had a friend of mine who had, you know, children, she couldn't do it in the morning or after work. So she went at 12 o'clock at night. You might be that person. I can't do that. I'm not a guy that can work out in the midnights. I can work out, start my routine at five or four o'clock in the morning. But if I go to bed at 10 o'clock, you might be something different. So make sure your schedule is your schedule. Don't follow anybody. Don't ego lift for you men out there. You know what I'm talking about. If you see a big guy lifting a lot of weight, you think you want to go in there and lift a lot of weight, that's not you. It's not your DNA. You may get there in the future. It may not be there now. So long-term versus short-term is always what works. So let's uh, we end this podcast today. So this is Al Paramedo from Paramedia Group. This is the health and fitness aspect of our you know, episodes one. And what we'll do is we'll keep this going. If there's any questions or answers you need from me or from my team, you always reach us at uh, parmediagroup at uh, gmail.com. You know, always look us up online on our Instagram feed at parmediagroup. 
and we'll be happy to reach out to you, answer any questions. But stay tuned. You know, if you have any topics of discussion you want us to cover, you know, we'll absolutely look into uh, to bring value to your life and what we can do for you in the future. Have a great day. Take care, guys.